0: Hey there, welcome. This is Daniel M. from Beulah Alliance Church. As we open up the scriptures together, I hope this helps you know Jesus deeply and be known by him fully. Enjoy the message. Hey, church family, it's so good to be together with you. Today, we're gonna to be starting a new series on called Fool's Gold, where we're gonna be looking uh, for a few weeks at the wisdom that we find in Proverbs. After that, we're gonna be moving then toward Easter and then going to be starting a series through the Gospel of Mark starting from Mark chapter 1. So I'm excited to do that with you in a few weeks. But today we have a guest speaker, Pastor Steve Carter. He is a teaching pastor at Forest City Church in Elgin, Illinois. He's the former lead teaching pastor at Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago, Illinois, and he's a author. Um, last year, I talked about his book a bit, uh, "The Thing Beneath the Thing." When I was talking about what Paul was referring to, he wrote that. And in addition to other ones, he's a podcaster as well—one for preachers, uh, another one for all you sports fans. Uh, he's a sports commentator; he loves that as well, and he co-hosts a podcast with Sam Ocho on that. And also, he coaches. Preachers. Uh, he's coached hundreds of communicators and, and for the last two years, um, I've had the privilege to learn from him as he's actually watched all of our services. So this is a neat experience for him uh, now bringing the word to our church family. But I've learned so much through his coaching. Uh, I'm so grateful to him. So why don't we give him a round of applause as he comes to the Well, good morning. How are you
1: all doing? It is an honor to be with you all. I, every weekend, I uh, I tune in, and I've loved the last seven weeks of the series called Stand Against. And um, I, he's gonna hate that I'm doing this, but I'm just so proud. I love learning from Pastor Daniel. The theology from this place is unbelievable, unbelievable. You um, really, this there's something really, really stirring and beautiful at this place, and. Um, as someone who lives in the United States, um, who needs a lot of hope, um, Beulah has been a gift for me, has been a gift for me. Uh, we're beginning a brand new series, Fool's Gold, It's Not What You Think. It's not what you think. And I think for many of us in this time, uh, what is truth? What is true news? Is it fake news? Is it real? What, what is real? What is, what is honest? What is human? I, I, how do I do it? What's amazing is we can turn to the scriptures, And what we find in the scriptures is an incredible, incredible gift, which is the book of Proverbs. It's 915 verses that reads like everything I dream Twitter to be with healthy phrases that I can apply to my life to actually be a better father, a better husband, a better friend, a better disciple, a better person. But what's amazing about this is it's really a father who's writing all of what he has learned about how to walk this life and he's trying to pass it down he's trying to share it so that other people can follow in his footsteps but i I don't know about you it's just so easy right so easy just to kind of get distracted to think you know and then all of a sudden find yourselves going the direction that you didn't want to go i remember a number of years ago i was in palestinian territory um, in a place called Ramallah. And every time I'm somewhere else, I love stuff that reminds me of home. It just, it's a little bit like comfort food. And I, I remember walking and I had led a tour there. And as I was walking, I i saw this color green. And the font, the font, it, it, like, I, it, it felt like home. And as I'm looking at it and I'm reading it, all of a sudden I can, I can start to taste and I can smell coffee. And all of a sudden I'm like, Starbucks? In Ramallah? Palestine? Are you kidding me? I got so excited. I just kind of left the group and began walking very quickly to get some coffee. But when I walked up to Starbucks, it wasn't Starbucks, it was called Stars and Bucks. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. And it did not taste like I needed it to taste. And here's the amazing thing is oftentimes, um, for many of us, what we think is going to lead us to a flourishing life, it's not what we think. This relationship that we thought is going to actually bring some level of satisfaction, this purchase that we think is going to actually help us, it's not what we think. And it ends up being very similar to fool's gold. It loses its weight, weightiness, it loses its, its value, and it ends up leaving us more empty. And just more disconnected. And that's why Proverbs is so important. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Proverbs chapter one. I wanna read the first seven verses, and it's gonna be the purpose and also the theme of what these 915 verses are all about. It says this in chapter one, verse one the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom. And instruction for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. And then verse 7, which is the theme of the entire book, Referenced 18 times throughout the book of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, what I wanna do is I wanna focus in on the word wisdom. Now, the wi- word wisdom in Hebrew is the word chokmah, and it literally means skill, because that's what wisdom is it's an acquired skill to help you discern between right and wrong between what is true and what is folly. What will you see the skill to actually understand light from darkness and begin to have the skill to follow that moral compass or to walk in step with God. But there's a phrase here. There's a phrase at which Solomon, this great writer, is trying to pass down. He's saying, if you want this skill if you want to be able to discern the real gold, the real truth, the real way from fool's gold, if you want to understand this skill, you got to actually understand two words. Two words in Hebrew. And the two words are, Yarat Yahweh. Yerat Yahweh. If you understand these two words, it is going to set you on course to make the wisest decisions. To live with skill, to live with honor, to live with valor in every area of your life. Look what it says, chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord, those four words, is where we get Yarat Yahweh. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge of knowledge but fools despise this level of skill and instruction they just do their own thing but what if what if we all Beulah Alliance what if we all could actually begin to understand the profound mystery and beauty of what Yarat Yahweh is all about but before we jump in there quick timeout. that word knowledge is interesting isn't it it's the beginning of knowledge and in the states the way that we often teach knowledge is we ask a question and then our students deliver an answer and that knowledge is connected to your understanding of facts but is facts really knowledge because here's the thing i could tell you on february 17th 1963 that there was a child that was born in brooklyn new york by the age of two he moved south to north carolina He had older siblings. He loved washing his car with his grandfather. He loved the game of baseball. As a sophomore at Laney High School, got cut from his basketball team. As a junior, makes the team. As a senior, becomes an All-American. As a freshman, decides to go to the University of North Carolina. And in his freshman year, it's the game-winning shot against the Georgetown Hoyas. I can tell you how he was drafted number three overall behind Hakeem Olajuwon, Sam Bowie, and this man who went to the Chicago Bulls. I can tell you how he wanted to sign with Adidas and Converse for shoes, but there was this running company outside of Portland, Oregon, who pitched the idea of a red high top, and he went with that company. I can tell you what happened on the Space Jam set. I can tell you the drama on the Dream Team. I can tell you how he met his wife how they dated, broke up, dated, broke up, how they all came together at this one restaurant called Bennigan's. I can tell you the stats. I can tell you how many steals he had, how many points he averaged. I can tell you so many facts about Michael Jeffrey Jordan. But if any of you ask me, Steve, have you met him? I'd say, no. You know what we call those people? Stalkers. (laughs) And here's the truth many of us are stalking Jesus because we know so many facts about him. We know that he, he can actually feed 5,000. We know the Easter story. We know the parables. But here's my honest question. Do you really know him? Do you have knowledge, first-hand knowledge of what he has done in you and around you? And see, the difference of knowledge, it's not just facts, but it's facts plus feelings plus experience Equals knowledge. And every single day you are creating a ledger of what you know. What you know and claim to be true and honest and good about God. And every day you're taking notes of what you've seen and what you know. And here is what Solomon says. Yorat Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge. That once you have this, the opportunity for skill, and wisdom and instruction, the opportunity to do that everything that is right and just and fair, the moments that you will have with all the temptation and all of the distractions and all of the enemy's ploys coming at you, you will be able with skill to live with wisdom, but it all starts with Yarat Yahweh. Here's the truth. For some of us, we hear the word fear of the Lord and we think of an angry parent. We think of a parent who's angry at us you have to understand that is not how the Jewish people understood it see what's amazing to the Jewish nation they had all of these words about God if you asked any rabbi say tell me in one verse what the Jewish people believe he would say it's the Shema from Deuteronomy chapter 6 4 and most Jews when they pronounce the Shema what they do is they lift up their pinky in the air and they say, Shema Israel, Adonai al Adonai chad. Hero Israel, the Lord is God and the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And the reason they lift a pinky up in the air is because they understand that God has more power in his pinky than all of humanity combined. Amen. They have this sense of reverence to the power of God. They have all of these names for God, though. Names like Adonai. She's almost this personal name. They have a name that they say so they don't have to say the name that they believe is the holiest name. And the name is Yahweh. And if you ever get around a rabbi who and they, someone says the word Yahweh around them, they'll put a hand over their head. Because they are standing in such profound reverence to the power of the almighty God the all-powerful God. There is a sense of reverence. My friends, I I don't know about you, but I think for many of us, we've lost sight of the all-powerful God. The God who created Banff and Connor McDavid. The God who is like above. The God who just could like breathe life and something is alive, the God who can speak and it comes to existence, the God who can heal, the God that can rescue, the God that can redeem, the God that can restore, this is Yahweh, the all-powerful God. But what's so moving is in the great tension of this phrase, Yrat Yahweh, the fear of the Lord, there is this spectrum of all-powerful that has moved throughout the scriptures to be profoundly personal. Many of us understand this. And to the Jews, they had names like Adonai who connected them to this personal God. We see this in the entire story of the scriptures that God wanting to get closer and closer and closer and closer to the point he sends his son. And you have this moment of God just getting closer and closer, the all-powerful becoming deeply and profoundly personal. But here's the truth. Some of us, we love the concept of Jesus is my buddy, Jesus is my guy, Jesus is my homie, Jesus is like Jesus and me. That's all I need. Jesus and me. And sometimes sometimes we neglect the all-powerful. And what's amazing is you got to hold both of these intention and the reality of your Yahweh, but there's even something else that's even more profound in this phrase that should lead us to a place of profound reverence and awe and wonder is it's not just the all-powerful becoming profoundly personal is that the profoundly personal invites us into his presence and somehow with Yarat Yahweh we live in between the all-powerful the profoundly personal and in his presence wherever we go and so when you understand that Yarat Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge you recognize at any moment you have the all-powerful and the profoundly personal because you are in his presence, can I get an amen? amen? Now, here's the truth. Here's the truth, though. When you start actually trying to apply this to your life, this is where it gets so fun. I've never taught on this before. Daniel gives me this passage, and, and I, I found myself just reading and reading and reading and studying and, and just trying to marinate on this phrase, Yerat Yahweh. And I begin to understand that it's actually gonna take you in multiple directions. The first place it's gonna take you is backwards. Cause you got to understand what the phrase means, and really, when I think about fear is a good thing, it's going to always lead you backwards, and it's going to lead you to the scriptures, to the text. And when you go backwards in the fear of the Lord, right, Yahweh, you begin to understand that there is a hunger for God's word. I love what it says in Second Timothy chapter three. Paul's writing to his spiritual mentee, Timothy. And Timothy was known as Timid Timothy. He didn't know who he fully was. And Paul kept trying to remind him. And he told him about the scriptures. He says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, when you actually understand, you're at right, Yahweh. Fear is a good thing, the all-powerful becoming profoundly personal, that you are in his presence. When you find yourself opening up this book, it's as if God is breathing into your soul. Some scriptures say that all scripture is inspired. That word inspired literally means heaven's breath. It's as if you're reading and all heaven's going, breathing new life into your soul. When I study for a message, here's what I do: I ask questions of a text. But when I actually sit with the Lord, Yarat Yahweh, you know what I do? I let the Scriptures ask questions of my life. When you have that level of not leading and being over the text, but living underneath the text, here's what happens: you actually let this book teach you and train you correct you and rebuke you and equip you and here's the question every one of us should ask when's the last time you let this book teach you when's the last time you let this book rebuke you when's this last time you let this book correct you when is the last time this book equipped you Because when you understand that, you're saying the all-powerful who became profoundly personal, who has invited me into his presence, that when I open this up, he wants to meet with me. See, God doesn't just want to take you, your your, your Yahweh, backwards. He actually wants to propel you forward. And when we go forward, man, this is where we choose to walk in obedience to God's word and his Holy Spirit. Trust and obedience. We don't just go backwards, but we also go forwards, walking with trust and obedience. And the word obedience is a beautiful word because it's, it's made up of two words. It means to listen and apply quickly. Spiritual maturity is when you hear and you apply quickly, spiritual immaturity is when you don't hear and you don't apply it quickly. And what I love is as we go forward, we have. You're right, Yahweh, fears this beautiful, good thing, all powerful, so profoundly personal. We're in His presence every step we take. But if you're like me, you can get distracted. I remember a number of years ago, a buddy of mine said, Hey, Steve, uh, do you want to run a 5K with my family? I was like, No. Like, who likes to run? Like, I don't want to do that. Because you know you don't understand, our whole town comes out. But then after the race, my parents they take us to the best steakhouse in town, and um, you got to come and, and and run and then have steak. And I was like, run for steak? I'm in. I'll do that. So a couple weeks later, I, I got up early, you know, put some basketball shorts on. I showed up, and I, I knew I was in the wrong place because there was a lot of short shorts and a lot of shoe companies I didn't know how to pronounce. There's thousands of people, I saw my friend, I met his family, and there was like a row of porta-potties, and it seemed like people were going in and out before the race, I thought that was smart, and so I went in, came out, and as I came out, I couldn't find my friend, I couldn't find his family, but I was being like ushered up to the starting line, and I heard over the, 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 the stereo speakers, the announcer going, all right, runners, here we go, five, four, three, two, one, go, and so I'm like, all right, and so I'm like running, I'm looking for my friends, just running. And I'm running. I feel like I've been running for a long time and I'm a little bit bitter because I haven't found my friend. And there's a guy who's probably in his late 70s and he's ahead of me. And I'm like sweating profusely and he hasn't even broken a sweat. He's just like, just fantastic. And so I look at the guy, I'm like, hey man, I feel like we've been running a long time. How much farther we got? He looks at his watch and goes, oh brother, we just hit the five mile mark. We got 8.1 to go. And I said, I thought this was a 5K. And he goes, no, man, this is a half marathon. You're in the wrong race, dude. And in that moment, I started to sin in my mind what I was going to do to my friend when I saw him. I was not going to quit. I was going to finish this race. And here's the truth. If you've never trained for a 5K, don't enter a half marathon, okay? Just wisdom, skill, chokmah. Now, here's the truth. So as I'm like running, I'm like, I'm I'm not doing well. So bad that a woman who's probably in her 60s with a fanny pack, which is awesome, she's running and she stops and she looks at me and goes, do you need a peanut butter sandwich? She's like, this is the weirdest thing ever. And yes, I do. And I took it and ate. I got to the finish line and my friend's there. And no joke, he's like, hands on his knees. He's like, bro, you ran the wrong race. And I'm like, I know I did because I can't feel my legs. I didn't even enjoy the steak. The next few days, I couldn't even walk forward. I had to like do the moonwalk everywhere I went. I was like journaling though, and I had this moment where I felt like God just simply say, Steve, you're running the wrong race. I don't know if you've had those moments, right? It's so easy. But as we go forward with Yerat Yahweh, this all-powerful, profoundly personal, inviting us into our presence, every step we take ought to be running the race that has been marked out for us. I love what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 10. What you'll see is this phrase, Yerat Yahweh, and it's as if the writers are trying to prepare the people that as you enter the promised land, you've got to remember and keep the covenant. It says this, verse 12, And now Israel... What does the Lord your God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. Every step, every choice, every moment, learning to understand your Yahweh. This is fear is a good thing but it's not just going to take us backwards and it's not just going to propel us forward. What Yahweh wants to do is take us inward, inward. And this is where we choose humility and surrender to God's word and Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I think for many of us, we struggle with the word surrender. But surrender is a beautiful word. The founder of the Salvation Army, William Booth, says the greatness of a man's power is his measure of surrender. The more powerful you want to be, the more you've got to be able to wave a white flag and say, I surrender. I give up. Did you know that AA, when it first began, had real, real Christian themes to it? As my mentor John Orberg says, is that you could take the first three steps of AA and they were originally intended to say, I can't Christ can I think I'll let him and that's when you get to the end of your rope and maybe for some of you it's a situation of trauma maybe for some of you it's some dysfunction in your story maybe for some of you it's an addiction maybe for some of you it's a sin pattern but every one of us we are all in process we are all at work through the power of the Holy Spirit, that God wants to sanctify us and make us whole and holy and spiritually healthy. The question is, do we have the humility and the ability to surrender to say, I can't, God, you can. I think I'm gonna let you. Because I understand you're right, Yahweh, the fear of the Lord. I understand that it's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom, is that I can come to the end of my rope and say, I can't, but you can I can't fix me on my own, but you can. I can't actually fix this anger or disappointment or sadness. I can't fix this situation. I can't fix this other person. I can't. You can. I think I'll let you. And this is the fear of the Lord. It's when fear is a good thing. And oftentimes our our insight and thoughts on fear is it's all bad. And sure, yes, people have misused this, but when you think of God, the all power one becoming profoundly personal and inviting us into his presence all he wants us to be is honest and human not pretending or perfecting or acting like we have it all together it's just us showing up saying i need you what's beautiful is that god doesn't want to just take us backwards and doesn't just want to propel us forward and doesn't just want to take us inward he actually wants to take us outward outward and this is when we bring his love and knowledge of the fear of the lord you at yahweh wherever we go in service of god and to others and this this is what we saw in deuteronomy chapter 10 that we were to serve others as we walk in step with his commands but here's what i began to understand and this for me changed everything if the all-powerful one became profoundly personal and invites us into his presence And you flip through the scriptures, and you will see that it says, God is here. That the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Which means everywhere we go, God is already there. God's already at Tim Hortons. God's even in Toronto with the Maple Leafs. God's already here. God's there. Which means, which means every environment that you step into is brimming with redemptive potential. Because God's already there. And you might just go in looking for a coffee or, or to have a conversation with a co-worker or walking down the street or in the marketplace or at West Edmonton Mall, wherever you go. But God's already there. And if God's already there, what if we had the perspective and the mindset of Yerat Yahweh that we actually went in recognizing if God's already here, then God wants to actually partner with us. What might he want to do? And I had this experience in Bujumbura, Burundi, real place. We had raised all of this money in the states and we were gonna bring them to these women who were wanting to start these businesses to provide for their families and their church and their community. But the problem was three politicians, it's always politicians, but these three politicians hadn't given us clearance to move the funds to give to these women. So a bunch of us flew to Bujumbura, Burundi. We met with the CEO. And the CEO, he was strong. He was, had command. He was intense. We flew through the night. I show up in this meeting. The CEO is like, all right, what's the one idea? What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? And none of us had an idea. And the CEO said, you're wasting my time. This is so important. How are we going to get these three politicians to green light the funds to these women? And then he dismissed us and said, "You have eight hours. Come back at dinner time with one good idea. The stakes have never been higher." I was like, "Dude, this guy's intense." I grab my backpack, I start to walk. I look at my buddy and I'm like, "What are you gonna do?" He's like, "I'm gonna go take a nap." I was like, "That is biblical. God does speak through dreams." And so I'm walking. <laughs> I go to the hotel. As I get to the hotel, I'm in my room, and I feel like God say, "Go explore Bujambora. I'm like. What? And really it really was like, go for a run. And again, I don't like to run. And so I, I put on some basketball shorts and I began just to, to go through Bujibur. i have never been there before. I'm making a right, making a left, passing UN vehicles, just walking, running. And then all of a sudden I come to this downtown park. I imagine just being in the downtown center of Edmonton and there's like a basketball court and there's about 750 people around the court. And I'm the only white dude. And I just show up and I'm standing there watching a game of basketball. And it feels like a a pickup game of basketball. I'm just watching it. And I'm not there 60 seconds when a guy comes up and he pokes me. And he goes, you good? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm all right. He goes, no, you good in basketball. I'm like, "I'm, I'm okay. He goes, hey, I choose you. Do we win? And I was like, I think so. You don't know this. I played college basketball in the States. Play is not the right word. I sat at the bench, but I got free shoes, which is awesome. But So I'm like, yeah, I, I think so. He goes, okay. Hey, time out. You, you're out. You're in. I'm like, what? I haven't even warmed up yet. And so for the next 90 minutes, no joke, we go 6-0. and At the end of it, they bring a basket of Burundi dollars. I didn't know I joined the BBA, the Burundi Basketball Association. But the guy walks up to me and goes, tomorrow, same time championship game I need you and I'm like bro I can't I got a meeting he's like who's your meeting with well here's the deal we raised all this money trying to get to these women but these three politicians he's like what are their names I rattle off their names he goes I'm the second guy and I'm like check your email bro he goes I have deal for you you win game I take meeting So now I show up to the dinner and I'm like listening to all these people's good ideas. I'm like, bad idea, bad idea. They're like, Carter, what do you think? I said, I know for a fact that God loves the game of basketball. I tell them the story. They say, you eat whatever you want. You do whatever you need, but you win that game. The next day we win that game. They take the meeting. Why do I tell you that story? Because it's so weird. But here's the truth. Here's the truth. If God is here and God is there, and God is everywhere, and God is actually in the business of redeeming and restoring what is lost so that it can be found and enter into your rock, Yahweh, then God wants to actually use you. God wants to give you only God's stories. And I think for some of us, if I were to ask you, when when was the last only God story? Some of you would be like 1984. 1996 2008 but when you have a vibrant faith and you understand that your Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge because you understand the all powerful has become deeply personal inviting us into the presence so every time you go outward you're like God is this the next only God story? Every conversation is this the next only God story? Because you want the love and your Yahweh to actually be given to this person that so they can experience the all-powerful who's become profoundly personal that they actually have been invited into the Lord's presence. But here's the amazing thing is when you start stacking these only God stories, you're not just going to go backward in his word and you're not just going to propel you forward and you're not just going to go inward and you're not just going to go outward. When you have those only God stories, you know what's going to happen? You just can't help but go upward. <laughs> but go upward. And this is where you raise a hallelujah as we consider all God has done and will do for his people. And that word hallelujah, I love it. I love it because that's where we get the phrase praise the Lord. And it ends with Yah, which is short for Yahweh. Praise the Yahweh. Praise the Lord. I had a buddy of mine, Tom. Tom, every time he, he would come up to me, he was in his 60s, had a great mustache and a brown leather jacket. And he'd always tell me, you got to go to prison with me. And I said, Tom, that's a weird s- sentence for a pastor. But he's like, no, no, no I go to prison. I, I, I actually sit with those that are incarcerated. you got to come with me. That's what Jesus invites us in Matthew 25. I was like, all right, man, I'll go, I'll go. I, I remember driving there. Tom told me, hey, remember, when you show up, just be you. I'm like, great, just be you. Look the men in the eyes, pastor them, love them, pray for them. I was like, great, fantastic, I can do it. We go through the security, and as we start walking in, this man who is so normal became wildly different. Tom just began to scream, Louia, Louia. And I was like, hey, bro, hey, hey, remember, we're in prison. Stay cool, my man, stay cool. And he's like, what? I'm like, you're screaming Louia. And he's like, Louia, Luya. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then he looks at me and goes, Luya is short for hallelujah. It is my call sign. All of these men here, somebody has told them that they will come visit, but they don't come. And every time I walk into this prison, there is so dark and there's so much trauma and pain. I scream Luya because if you can lift up a Luya in prison, you can lift up a Luya anywhere. Do you have a problem with that, Carter? And I was like, no, man. Luya. You don't like it? And it changed me, though. Because all of a sudden, there's these moments where you step out and you're facing darkness. You're facing something that doesn't make sense. What if we could be the kind of church that said, "Hallelujah," Louie, because we know God is on the move. God is working. You go through the Psalms. The Psalms say this. I mean, look at these two verses, one from Psalm 111, verse 10. It will say this on the screen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. Quoting Proverbs. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. They're smart, and to him belongs eternal praise. They're people who have step after step after step with God, and in doing that, they lift up, hallelujah. But then it even goes even farther. Look what it says in the next Psalms. It says this, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. See, there's all these words for worship in Hebrew, but one of the words is the word new song, and in Hebrew it's the word tahila, which is just so fun to say,
0: tahila.
1: And what it literally means is that you have experienced somehow being in the presence of the all-powerful who is profoundly personal and you are in the presence right in the square middle and you don't know what to say, but you've experienced it only God's story. Or if you've experienced His goodness, you've experienced His graciousness, you've experienced His love, and all you can step back and say, or write a new song or begin to just call out glory, Father, praise and honor, something just to give attribution to how good God is. Isn't it amazing? The fear of the Lord, it's not what you think. For many of us, we've just run away from it. But what if, what if, what if we actually, as a church, could believe it is the beginning of wisdom? Because at any moment, the all-powerful one, who has become profoundly personal, has invited all of us into his presence, which means we have access changes the way we pray. It changes the way we worship. It changes the way that we live. It changes the way in any moment of our life when it feels like our backs are up against a wall. No, 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 we have Yahweh. We have Christ. We have access to his presence. And so before we just let a moment take us over or some distraction or temptation or addiction take us over, we can slow it down. And because of your Yahweh say, Is this the next best right step? Is this what is honoring and pleasing and just and right and fair to you, God? And we'll experience God working with us and through us and for us. Now look at these words, backwards, forwards, inwards, outwards, and upwards. And here's my ask. Which one of these do you need? Right now, maybe, maybe for some of you, you have great, quiet time with the Lord. But maybe for some of you, you've not let heaven breathe and teach you and train you, correct you and rebuke you and equip you for righteousness and good works. Maybe, maybe it's the season that you got to say, I'm going to sit in the middle of your Yahweh, and allow this book to teach me. Maybe it's for you, you're just so busy in such a hurry as you go forward. Maybe, maybe, maybe God just wants to slow you down and teach you how to trust and walk in obedience. Maybe for some of you, you've come in here and you're just, it's just not working. You're exhausted. You're tired. The sin is just holding you back. It's, it's holding your life in check. And maybe you're just like, you're right, Yahweh. I actually trust that I can be honest and vulnerable and do the inward work. Maybe for some of you, I just got to be praying for an only God story as I go outward because I know the all-powerful one has become deeply, pro- profoundly personal has invited me into his presence and everywhere I go, he's already there. Or maybe for some of you, it's just learning how to worship. But take a moment right now and just look at those words and choose one or two that you need to just hold on to in this next week. as you hold on to those words. I love the word decide because its origin story is like connected to the word homicide, which means something has to die. Every time we make a decision, we're deciding something else has to die. Whatever word or two that you chose, now I want you to really actually put it on. If you said the Bible, when are you gonna read it this week? Make that decision. Every morning, commit to it. You'll put it in pencil, put it in ink. Is it the going forward? How are you gonna slow yourself down? I move at such a fast pace, I've had to put a little cross in my pocket because I have to have moments almost to trick my brain or in Star Wars language, Jedi mind trick myself to remember, you're right, Yahweh. Maybe it's inward. Maybe someone you have to confess this week. Maybe some person you need to talk with. A pastor, come up for prayer, counseling. Outward, who are you praying for? What's your risk like? You're gonna go and risk in in Tim Hortons or in the marketplace? Or maybe it's upwards. But as you begin to make that decision, clearly, Allow the Spirit to guide and lead you as you walk in the middle of Yerat Yahweh and recognize fear of the Lord is a good thing. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite Pastor Daniel up. He's going to lead us in a response.
0: Thanks for listening, and thank you for giving. Your giving makes this podcast possible and helps us share this message with others. If today's message made you realize that you need to take your next step with Jesus, we'd love to help you with that. The easiest way to do that is by going to beulah.family on your browser. On that page, you'll find our social media links, links to upcoming events, and a link to give. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We'll see you soon.